The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. This is Dave Schultz, your host for this particular program this evening. I have a guest I've never had on the air before, but he's not a stranger to the airwaves because he has a program too. Welcome, Dr. Ziley. Thank you. Thank you very much. May I call you on the air, Dr. Z? Certainly. That's uh, that's been my political name. And uh, uh, it's... uh, when I need an informal uh, moniker, I can use that, yes. Great. Tell me a little bit about Dr. Z. Well, um, I grew up in uh, Detroit. Um, my parents were faithful Lutherans. They uh, met at uh, the Detroit Veterans Club. And I always took uh, our faith uh, very seriously, maybe morbidly. Um, my uh, life was changed when my parents took me out of the public school and sent me to Lutheran High West in Detroit. There, we were more afraid of the teachers than we were of the bullies. And uh, the teachers had a much better plan for my life. uh, And that has influenced my uh, philosophy of education ever since. A number of my friends, um, my peers uh, at Lutheran High, uh, uh, felt the the call into the ministry. And uh, I I was very interested in that. But... uh, uh, thought I wanted to be a politician. And my mother said, no, no, you want to be a statesman, not a politician. Uh, so I went to Valparaiso University, and there the uh, synod uh, was uh, torn by the Seminex crisis. And I became more and more interested in those issues, and that led me into, into theology and the realization that there was a need for ministers who actually believe the Bible. And um, I taught at uh, Lutheran High uh, West, where I had graduated, and then to the Fort Wayne Seminary, and uh, uh, they allowed me to take uh, do a, a master's in church history at Harvard Divinity School, and then I was placed in New Jersey uh, for five years, and with four young kids and no babysitters, it was time to go back to Detroit, where there were babysitters. I took a call into... Uh, back into education, I was headmaster at Zion Lutheran School at, at the highest church in the Missouri Synod and enjoyed the um, uh, medieval liturgy there uh, for the two years I was there. And then I had uh, seven years at Redford Lutheran Church and the Zerstadt Lutheran School in Northwest Detroit. Uh, thought uh, Then I was chaplain for a year at uh, Sinai Grace. Uh, and then got the call from there to St. John's Lutheran Church and School as headmaster of the school and associate pastor in Taylor, which I have served the last 23 years. God be praised. To God be praised. What launched you into Christian slash Lutheran radio? I'd always had some interest among my many interests. Um, and... After some volunteer work for LibriVox, which prepared uh, recorded books in the public domain, uh, reading them aloud and making these uh, files available for for people, I learned how to edit 
sound files using the Odyssey program and um, the opportunity to uh, present uh, a half hour program uh, presented itself uh, in an affordable way. And uh, we got our, our radio broadcast going the year before we had to close our school uh, because of economic uh, troubles. Uh, we thought we were going to outlast the um, uh, the recession back there in 2008, but uh, it hit real estate and we had a uh, support foundation based on real estate. We lost 100,000 that year and could not continue our school. Um, and uh, God uh, closes one door, he opens a window. Our our uh, radio broadcast was on the air for about uh, nine years. And someone said, someone outside the Detroit needs to hear this. So he gave us a challenge grant. And within four years, we're now uh, heard on 10 stations coast to coast and a podcast version available anytime, anywhere. And um, so it's been a real joy to to be able to work with that that ministry and share the message of God with uh, with people even beyond our parish boundaries. You have a program, Martin Luther Evening Prayer. What in the world makes this program different? Well, in some ways, it's not all that different. The format is similar to the Lutheran Hour, but we do consciously pair uh, the the sermon with traditional uh, Lutheran worship. So we'll have parts of the liturgy, uh, hymns from the Lutheran tradition, as as well as uh, old chestnuts like uh, Rock of Ages and uh, Abide With Me. Um, with uh, And I'd say that our, uh, what we, the thing that maybe sets us apart from others is that we're a little more, uh, a little more edgy Lutheran, uh, not in the sense of appealing to group loyalty. Now that's that's the difference. You know, a lot of people say, you know, Lutheran, oh, oh, good old Martin Luther, you know, and it's no, that's group loyalty. And what we appeal to is the actual uh, theological difference uh, that that Luther's insights into the Scripture indeed are the the heart of God's message. It's the salvation that we find in other churches like Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, Southern Baptist. So long as they, they, they have the gospel of Christ, um, but if Christ is Lord, we want to be serious about about following His Word. And while it's a bit of a unfair uh, overstatement, there is some truth to the idea that that Catholics and Orthodox add to the Word, and most Protestants don't preach all the Word that's in the Scriptures. Uh, so Lutherans are called to be faithful, and confessional Lutheranism in particular uh, is, the, is the heart of God's truth, and we strive to apply that in the lives of people. The other strength I think that we bring is um, you've got to apply the word to the world. Eldon Wiesheit in his um, uh, chapel talks uh, had a great way of putting it. Uh, so not only do we have to understand the word of God and what it teaches, but we have to understand the world and and how the word fits on that. I mean, if you uh, you could have a, a, a flawless jacket, but if you try to put your feet in the sleeve, it's not going to fit. So we have to fit the word of God to the to the world situation. 
uh, obviously using law and gospel. Uh, but to understand the how it applies, you have to understand and do a little bit of analysis of the world. And I think people appreciate that in our message. Brother Z, we live in a a um, a growing woke world. And the question I have is, um, what is the current malaise that you are experiencing and I'm experiencing that we need to deal with in mm. Christian radio? I was reading in a, uh, an article from the Witherspoon um, Journal and uh, who put it quite well. He said, and I wish I could remember the author, uh, that uh, we treat the past as the enemy rather than as the treasure and heritage of full of insight that it is. And we see this in our world today. Um, partly it's the ideology of progressivism, um, the, um, the idea that, that our, our, our wisdom and understanding keeps growing and growing. We don't, you know, people in the old days don't have anything to say to us anymore. This was a reason why, um, I'm trying to remember the theologian, uh, uh, at Notre Dame, he wrote a history of the Catholic church, which was, uh, the bishops had to remove their imprimatur because he basically argued that uh, no theologian prior to uh, 1800 was really worth listening to because uh, we we had this enlightened vision of the world. And, and so nobody prior to that understood it. And therefore, uh, he found a source of revelation in, in developing uh, human progress rather than in the the appearance of God in the flesh in our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, pro progressivism is speeding to the left at 90 miles an hour. I mean, yes. what does the church, what does the church of Jesus Christ have to do with that speed? And of course, the progressivism of, of the world in which we live. Well, Part of it is is understanding some of the factors, and one of the factors is the growth in communication and the power that this puts into individual hands. Uh, we all recognize, you know, you wouldn't put a you wouldn't put a shotgun in the hands of a of a six year old, um, and yet we are putting uh, we are putting uh, communication devices. Uh, opened millions of people into the hands of of young young persons, and then we wonder why there are you know they take pictures of themselves naked and and put it on the internet and stuff like that, and and of course there are uh, adults of ill intent and peers of ill intent. Let's let's not uh, let's not make the mistake of thinking children are born innocent. Uh, they are born with the same sin uh, that that we all have to struggle with. And so we put these powerful tools into their hands and we wonder, and then we ask what could go wrong. Uh, and of course, um, there are many dysfunctional patterns in the world. So for example, uh, many parents are made to feel that, you know, if you're involved with your kids on a day-to-day -day basis, that that's somehow uh, inhibiting their growth. And many teenagers will certainly, adolescents will give you that impression. 
And adults don't find a lot of support for doing the right thing. And instead, the message of the world is to, you know, go develop your own career, let your kids make their own decisions, even about gender, who they are, and so on and so forth. Um, so we have this amazing situation where kids who can't get their ears pierced uh, have a right to an abortion. Um, and kids who uh, haven't reached puberty yet uh, making a decision as to whether to be a boy or a girl and then have all these uh, chemical and surgical options open to them um, in spite of parents' wishes. So this is, we live in a crazy world. But on the other hand, if you look at world history, it's not all that different. Think of the generation that grew up in under Nazism. They had some uh, powerful anti-Christian uh, currents to deal with. They suffered much more than we have in our day. In communism, again, Christians were uh, persecuted, and and that and and we can see God's marvelous uh, hand. Because, you know, the, after, after about 70 years of communism, there were still about 20% uh, of Russians who identified with the, with the Christian church. And when the, when the Berlin Wall came down a generation later, 75% of Russians identify with the Orthodox church. That's a change of 50% in a generation. So while we are experiencing deterioration in the West of Christian faith, it is growing in places like Russia and the former Soviet Union. It is growing in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, and in fact, the, I, I would argue that, for example, the leadership of worldwide Anglicanism has just been taken over by uh, the uh, Southern Association of Anglicans, uh, uh, probably the biggest Anglican churches in Nigeria. And they have a, a grasp on the gospel of Jesus Christ that the Church of England, frankly, and the Episcopal Church in America, frankly, lost. Uh, and we are finding um, Lutherans growing in those areas as well. We can rejoice that that God's God's work continues, even if in our society, that is to say, the prosperous American and Western European society, it's been declining. I wonder if that does not offer within the Christian community, uh, the wringing of hands and saying, oh, what, what are we going to do? This is so bad. Not to realize, not to realize, as you have just said, it's been there forever. Uh, we should not use this as an excuse. The gospel itself, with the working of the Holy Spirit, creates and sustains faith. What is this whole business of finding an excuse for not wanting to do what God has commanded us to do. Was 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 thought, you know, uh, that's what justified the sale of indulgences. In uh, in my own life, I have to say, uh, we we Lutherans never embraced the theology, you know, the 
the theology of, of prosperity, but we did embrace a certain theology of glory pertaining to family relationships. We convinced ourselves that if we lived right, that our families would always be whole. And we underestimated the influence of the world and the flesh uh, on our on our families and frankly on ourselves. We um many, many Christians imagined that it was just me and God and I'm I'm gonna be fine. And they underestimated the influence of 10 years of secular entertainment and uh, it's lascivious content and the attitudes of people around us, what other people praise, we're instinctively drawn to, whether it's uh, sexual promiscuity when we lionize the 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 rock uh, stars that that you know have a, a different partner every night versus uh, the people who make a lot of money, uh, the respectable people. Um, and, and those are both distractions from, from the Christian life. Uh, we, uh, part of it too, is that our, our churches often started off with, with blue collar folks and then their, their young people became college educated and that alienates the generations. I myself experienced not alienation exactly, but I, I could feel the difference between my parents' world and my world. They, they, uh, my mother got a, a year or two of college. My father uh, didn't even uh, finish high school. Well, he got a trade school uh, thing. Uh, but um, uh, my, my attitudes and prospects and view of the world was so much different from theirs, partly because of the change of time partly because of the things I was into. Uh, and uh, we see this uh, with so many people, uh, so many people and their their children. Uh, the children live in a different world, uh, not just socially, but uh, but class-wise. In, in, and that, that affects people. One of the most um, helpful books I read was by a guy named... Um, uh, Oh, I wish I could remember his name. Tex Semple, that's his name. Um, and uh, he, his book um, said that uh, there are three cultural, broad cultural groupings in America. The cultural right, which prizes relationships. They're reluctant to leave their home, their hometown because of loyalty and relationship and so on. Uh, they prize family values. The cultural left, marches by a different drummer. They, they go off to do their own thing and uh, don't, are not influenced to, are not in, interested in impressing other people. And then the broad cultural middle, their chief loyalty is to their jobs. And so they go wherever their jobs go. And, you know, I, I remember uh, what father of the bride, you know, the bride takes, takes her, her law job, even though she's pregnant, newly married, she takes her law job on the eastern coast city and leaves her family and all that support and stuff. And, of course, the the movie, she's doing the right thing. She's made the right choice because she's embraced her vocation, her job, rather than the family, either the one, either the one that raised her or the one she's going to have. So um, it's very helpful 
when you kind of look at American society through through that lens, um, the people who go their own way and aren't impressed, uh, interested in impressing others, well, they're great. Their great uh, uh, problem is loneliness. Uh, when you insist on going your own way and being a loner, well, <laughs> you don't have a whole lot of friends. And and when you need help and support in old age, yeah, that's that's loneliness. I was just um, thinking the other day as I walked down the aisle of the hospital to make a call. It used to be that the nurses and doctors would salute because they would see the cross hanging around my neck. Yes, yes. Not anymore. They sometimes turn away from it. Looking looking at the future, brother, uh, Dr. Z, uh, as you peek around the corner, and of course we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but as we peek around the corner, knowing the gospel that has been entrusted to us, what's going to make a difference for the world in which we live? Well, God, uh, and, and that's, that's the, that's our comfort. And it's also our, our challenge because, um, there's a lot of people who, who make predictions, you know, that, uh, this is the trend. And if it keeps going, it's going to happen, you know, but, but trends never, never do that. They all, they, they go up and down and, you know, pass each other. And, uh, like the soccer mom, uh, in the, what was it? The early nineties, people suddenly became aware of the soccer mom. Well, that kind of mother was always part of us. It's just that public attention didn't go there until that particular time. Um, so there are still many traditional families in our country. They're just not as dominant as they once were, uh, in the same way, a lot of people don't realize that, um, uh, America's churchedness uh, reached a peak about 1960, and it's been on the decline since. Uh, but we still haven't reached the lows of some parts of American history, notably the time of the American Revolution. Um, I believe that God will revive uh, some quarter of our, um, some part of our society, uh, Maybe the gospel will be uh, embraced by the poor. Uh, that's often been the case. And the poor don't get a lot of attention. People don't want to be like the poor, but they're the people of faith. And the people who are self-satisfied tend not to embrace the faith. Uh, so I don't, know what, uh, I don't know what plans God has for our culture, our society. We as individuals on the battlefront, we have to follow directions and and deal with the the struggle in front of us uh, and let the general uh, Christ uh, take care of the big picture. The technology, that, that be, uh, the technology of tomorrow is going to be so precise. It'll enable us to do the kinds of things we're doing now and even do even better. Uh, we're getting very close to the end of our program. And I just want to ask you, um, uh, first of all, what is your website, Dr. Z, and how do people contact you to talk about the very things that we're talking about? Well, people are welcome to email me, which is F-R-Z-E-I-L-E or D-R-Z-E-I-L-E at Juno.com, J-U-N-O. Uh, we have a um, our uh uh, podcast of Martin Luther's Evening Prayer is available at Buzzsprout, 
B-U-Z-Z-S-P-R-O-U-T, as it sounds, dot com. And then our uh, backslash 34718. That is buzzsprout.com backslash 34718. Dr. Z, we got to do this again. This has been a fun time with you. Well, great. I just want to say thank you for being willing to to be able and willing to talk about the things that we have talked about today. May the Lord Jesus bless and keep you in his grace and come back to us again on Engaging Truths. I will say to you, good night. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.